You are listening to Damascus Crossroads. From Central Kentucky, welcome to Damascus Crossroads, a podcast for those who are seeking healing from addiction. Your host, Tim Altman, will be having real conversations about how the power of Jesus Christ can break the chains of addiction and deliver anyone from this bondage. If you are at the crossroads of your life between continuing a life of affliction from addiction or living a life of freedom, you've come to the right place. May today's message be your Damascus moment and open your eyes to renewal. This is your host, Tim Altman, with the um, Damascus Crossroads podcast. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of go into a um, sermon I heard a while ago, or quite a while ago, about uh, from David Tol- Tolbert. He's a Pentecostal preacher, and the name of his sermon was Monkey Let Go. Um, if you are animal lovers or, or you're sensitive to that kind of stuff, you, you may not want to hear his accounts of... Um, his, his travels through the jungles and, and what he encountered. But if you stay to the end, um, I promise you, I can, I'm going to parallel it into our drug addiction. Um, you know, maybe, and, and kind of give us a lesson of, um, you know, help us learn something from, from his experiences, uh, in South America. But anyways, I'm going to start out with a prayer here. Lord, uh, thank you for all your blessings, Lord. Um, through your grace, we're saved, Lord. Um, thank you for, for, your sacrifice on the cross, Lord. Um, help me not offend anyone, Lord. Um, help me, help me reach other. Help me, um, help someone break with your help, Lord. Break the chains of um, chains of uh, addiction and just let go, Lord. Uh, just have them let go of that evilness and and turn from that and turn toward you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Um, David David Tolbert's a Pentecostal preacher, man. He's old school. I mean, he's he doesn't tolerate sin. Um, he 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 doesn't like the prosperity gospel, which has taken over a whole lot of the Pentecostal church. Um, but um, he traveled all over the world. He um, he um, you know Africa, Asia, um, South America, and I think this story took place in South America. And it's a the name of the sermon he he preached was called "Monkey uh, Let Go, Monkey." Um, anyways, the story goes like this: he he got into um South America and you know he was um doing missionary work he did a lot of missionary work and um in in South America the 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 monkey is a prize for their meat and uh it's one of the shrewdest animals there is uh, almost impossible to hunt it's so smart it realizes the range of a rifle um you can't sneak up on them uh, like i said they're almost impossible to to capture alive or dead uh they they're so smart they they know traps um, they have the um, people say they have the instincts of a wolf, uh, the eyesight of an eagle, um, you know, and and on top of that, they're they're smart as a human, and they would um they would drive stakes in the ground, uh, almost and make a fence with no with no gate on, just a fence, drive the stakes close together, maybe six, maybe three inches apart, drive them in the ground, and in the middle they would take um they would take this plum, um you know. Prior to this, they they had the plum jam with jam with them. They, they let it ferment, put some sugars in it, let it ferment, get really sweet, 
and smelling real pretty. And they would take a stake and they'd drive in the middle of that little fenced in area. Um, and they drive that stake. And then they just leave it, you know. And um, that monkey loved that jam. He could smell it with that fermented smell. He could smell it. And they would usually they would usually do this after the plum trees had, you know, they come in once a year, like, you know, apple trees and everything else. And that monkey would smell that and it would it does something in their in their glands and their in their um saliva glands. So they just start foaming and they smell that and they, they start coming in. But they're careful. They're shrewd. And they probably know it's a trap. So they'll circle that all day long looking for anybody that might come in on them. And they'll spend they might spend a whole day, 24 hours, scoping that out, circling in, circling around. And, um, you know, as they don't see anybody, they start to come in closer. They don't see any traps, any springs, uh, any kind of, like anything like that, you cannot trap a monkey. They're, they're too smart. Any kind of metal traps, anything like that, they're, they're just too intelligent. Um, so eventually, that monkey, he, he works his way in. You know, he looks around. He's free. All he's got to do in order to have some of that jam and he's he's close now he can his foam his mouth is just watering so um you know he sees that stick inside that little cage well he just sticks his arm through them you know sticks cage and he grabs that stick with that jam on it now if the monkey was smart he would take his hand and pull his hand back and lick it and stick his hand back in there but somehow the, the monkey just can't let go he he um he just won't let go you know and um so the natives would, would come and they'd, they'd look out in that clearing and there'd be that monkey, you know, is what David said and um, Mr. Talbert. And he said that monkey would see them and he would go berserk. He would start jumping up and down and he would start um, howling and crying and hissing. And he would, with his other hand that was free, because he had his hand wrapped around that stick with a jam on it, trying to pull it out between them bars. And he said that poor beast um, would start to cry. Just like a baby, he said tears would come out of its eyes, but it, we would not let go of that stick. And 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 it bothered David, Mr. Tolbert so much, he started screaming, monkey, let go, monkey, let go. And this, one of the tribesmen had a, they, they carve a club out of a, um, a piece of, um, of some kind of piece of hardwood, like a hickory or something, mahogany or something, and he's walking toward it, and, uh, you know, you know, David's kind of losing his mind, the ape screaming or the monkey screaming and, um, you know, trying to get away. And he's jerking that branch against them, that cage. And he just won't let, all he's got to do is open his hand and drop that branch and run. And David's screaming, run, monkey, turn it loose, uh, monkey. You know, let go, let go, monkey. He's screaming all this. And the other tribesmen, they're laughing. They're saying, now listen to this. This parallels us. That's us right there, holding on to that drug, holding on to that sin, you know, holding on to our methamphetamines. Kind of like when I got home from 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 re from rehab, and I reached in my coveralls pocket. I was just like that monkey. I grabbed a hold of my meth, and I mean, I just and the Lord said, "Let it go, let it go, monkey." He said, "Monkey, let it go." And I had that fire going, you know, and before I could even think, let that devil even start talking to me about it. I just tossed it in the fire, and um. You know, I let it go, uh, but hey, there's been a hundred times before that throughout the years I didn't let it go. I was just like that monkey. I would not let it go, even though I knew the devil was coming with a club to kill me. And, um, you know, this really bothered this minister. He said it was one of the most horrific, horrific sights he's seen. Um, you know, he, he said he never, when he's in the jungle, he would take a backpack, a big suitcase full of crackers and peanut butter, and that's all he ate when he 
because they had um they would he'd eat the vegetables and fruits they ate, but all their meat either consisted of the dog or, or or if they got lucky like this monkey they would eat monkey, um, but we're just like that monkey we we won't let go of of, of, of our drugs and our sin even though we know the devil's coming with a club to kill us and there's this preacher yelling at him monkey let go and then they're now listen to this the tribesmen are laughing at him they said what's wrong what's wrong it's just a dumb animal and how many times do 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 I've heard people say that about drug addicts, about people I know when they overdosed or, um, you know, end up in jail. Just a dumb animal, you know, ended up stroking out or, or fentanyl poisoning, you know, more or less. You know, I, I've only heard a couple of people take it that far, but a lot of people just attitudes like, who cares? You know, they had it coming, you know, all that, you know, and I'm sure anybody out there in addiction knows what I'm talking about. You know, that's just people's attitude, more or less, if they don't say it. Sometimes they say, I've had a few people say it out loud, but most of them are thinking the same thing. You know, it's just another, it's just a, it's just a stupid animal. That's what them tribesmen told David Tolbert. It's just a stupid animal. And, um, you know, I kind of parallels with that drug addiction, you know, um, that's what they say about us. We're just stupid animals. Um, you know, we're in jail or we're OD or, you know, we lose everything. Um, you know, it's sad because, to Jesus, we're not just stupid animals. That's what the devil wants. That's a devil. He wants that. That's what he wants us to treat. That's what he wants other people to treat us like, and for us to act like, and, and for us to treat other people like. Um, that's all of the devil, y'all. Um, you know, I've heard people even confessing Christians have that kind of attitude toward toward people that are junkies. You know, we, we don't trust them. They're just animals. You know, they'll never change. Um, you know, that's sad. You know, um. But it is the way it is. I thought that'd be an interesting story to parallel, um, you know, our drug addiction to that monkey that won't let go. You know, you know, we reach into that into that cage and we grab a hold of whatever that sin is. And it could be, um, you know, I got a friend, um, you know, very, very good looking guy, you know, Brad Pitt kind of looks. And he come the other day and he said, he said, Tim, he said, I'm I'm struggling, brother. He said, you know. And I knew what he's talking about. He said, there's a lot of temptation out there. And, you know, I told him, I said, brother, I, I know where you're going on this. I said, um, I can't really say I can feel your pain, you know, cause I'm, I'm ugly. And, uh, I don't have that problem of, of girls, you know, you know, trying to hit on me 18 to 80, you know, like he does, you know, I said, I, you know, but I do have my own battles, you know, you know, methamphetamines is, is, a, is definitely a big battle for me that, you know, I fight every day. So, um, but I told him, I said, I look at my sin as as um as burning in hell in eternity. I look at that meth not as that little bit of pleasure to give me well, that little high. I learn it as as wailing and gnashing of teeth and torment that goes on for eternity. And I said, I, you need to look at, you know, the, I know what you're talking about, that girl in tight britches or or Daisy Dukes or, or or anything like that. You need to look at you need to look at her like, um, because this is a, he's a married fella and um and uh he I don't think he's cheated yet, but you know. And I know he thinks about it. And I said, you need to look at that just like I look at my struggle, you know, as burning. And, you know, and it, I think it kind of hit him hard, you know, but there's no nice way to say it. It says Paul says that adulterers and pharmaceutical people that do drugs are on drugs. are not going to be allowed at drunkards, um, ralliers, uh, boasters, pridefulness. I mean, stuff like that are not going to be are not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. And um, when you don't enter the kingdom of heaven, one thing you need to know is um there's not like a third option. There's um, only um, there's only another one other option. That's going to hell. And then when you get to hell, there's only, um, you know, how much punishment are you going to be in? You know, I do believe there's 
for my studies, I should say, there is degrees to hell. I mean, there is going to be different um, punishments. I mean, I, I have a feeling about this. Um, but none of hell is going to be good, and it's forever. Um, it's going to be bad, y'all. Um, but there is no middle option, y'all. It's it's either it's all or nothing. Um, that's why I'm here on this earth, you know, that's why this lack, there, there's such a, you know, there's such getting to be such a lackadaisical attitude towards sin. And our, people that are preaching the word of God have to stop preaching this, um, this, this, um, I'm a sinner. So what, you know, um, I can't help it. I'm, I'm human. I sin, you know, um, it doesn't matter, you know, so be it, you know, it isn't that way, man. We got to try to live as righteous life as we can. We got to try to be as holy as we can. Um, if we're out spreading the gospel, people have to see us as an example of Jesus Christ. Um, that's what's so scary. Because you got you got 85% of people in the church thinking they're going to heaven. 2% thinking they're going to hell. Um, in the general population, you have almost 60% of the people thinking they're going to heaven. Um, you know, 10%, 13% think they're coming back as a cat. Only 4% or something think, 3% think they're coming going to hell. Um, we have a lot of people that are deceiving themselves. And Paul said people will deceive the, deceive oneself. Um, I was definitely, when I was in addiction, I was deceiving myself. Um, and I, I'm sure the devil was patting me on the back the whole time. You know, I was telling myself what a good person I was and how I, knew I wasn't, um, you know, doing this and this, like this other sinner or, or, you know, selling drugs or, you know, I was helping my mom, you know, I was bragging on myself. The devil was patting me on the back and he's saying, Tim, you're doing a fine job. Just keep it up. You know, I had not a clue. And, um, I would have went to hell. Um, I knew better. Back in my mind, I knew better. You've got to live a righteous, you've got to live a scriptural life if you're going to go to heaven. And here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to prove Jesus says wide and broad is the way to hell. And many, he said many now, M-A-N-Y means many, shall take that path, okay? Then he says the road to heaven is narrow and hard and very few will find the way. Okay, so who's telling the truth? The 85% of the people out there that think they're going to heaven uh, or, or me that's saying about 15% of the people. 15%, 85% of the people out there, I'm thinking, I'm talking the general population is going, I, I think from just talking you know, doing my own surveys and, and my little studies and talking to them about their faith um, are not going to make it to heaven. Only about 15% of the population. When, when I get down to brass tacks with them and how they feel, you know, some of them, a lot of them say, yeah, I believe in God. You know, good for you. The, the devils and demons believe in God and tremble and shake. You know, I've said that before. You know, uh, yeah, I believe in God, but, um, you know, I'm just human. I'm, I'm in the flesh, you know. Um, I, I, I sin. I watch rated R movies. I drink, um, you know. I and, and I'm not saying it's wrong necessary to, to watch a radar movie or drink or smoke, but over 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 time, as you're a Christian, them habits, people ought to be looking at you, and them habits ought to be dropping away from you as you pray and you work and you and you deal with the Lord. The Lord's got to come first in your life. And I know, you know, now that I'm a Christian and um, you know, I turned over my drug addiction and, and all my other filthy habits I had, like watching porn and um gawking at women and um you know, being a being a, a you know being mean to people and, and hateful. You know, not now that I've worked on letting them all go. You know, I can clearly see now how bad I was and and how much more improvement I still got to make. And, and now I clearly see what Jesus meant by putting Him first in your life. You have to put Jesus first. He has to be on your thoughts. And that's why I think it's so hard for somebody that's addicted to drugs because when, like I said, when I was on drugs, the first thing on my mind was dope. 
And that right there, that's boom. You done broke the first command, first commandment and second commandment. You make it your idol too. Um, you know, I, you have to quit doing drugs. And you know, if you if you're on drugs right now and you pray that pray to the Lord, pray to the Lord, say, Lord, help me. Um, and the Lord's gonna put you on a path. You know, and everybody's different, man. It may take you a week to to drop it. You know, and start shaking off that sin. You know, like I always said about the old dog crawling out of the water. You know, he's gonna shake and he's gonna lay out in the sun. He's gonna let the wind blow him dry. Um, you know, that's good. That may be us, you know. Uh, that may be you, you know. But um one thing you have to do right off the bat on your salvation is quit doing the hard drugs, period. That has to be the first thing you have to stop. You have to hold your ground like Grant, you know. You might smoke. You know, I seen a lot of guys that Isaiah almost everybody at Isaiah home smoked and they smoked heavy. I think I was the only one I think I the whole time I was there out of a hundred people, I think me and one other person didn't smoke. I'm I'm thinking I don't even know. Maybe I was the only person, not everybody that didn't smoke, you know. Um, but, you know, if that's what it takes to help you get you back on track, you know, and all that, um, you know, for a while till you, till you can get that, just go ahead. But get off the hard drugs. Get your mind cleared up where you can communicate with God again. Um, I had a hard time, you know, with my mind when I was coming off dope to really pray, to read the Bible. It's just a miracle, I really. It's a miracle, I really. Um, this just shows the Lord's blessings. I think the only thing that got through to me was the preaching. Um, they had some revivals there at the Zaya home. People come in because I, I just couldn't read. My mind was too, too, too fast. I couldn't pray. I tried to pray. It didn't work. Um, you know, I cried to the Lord and I begged out and I begged for forgiveness. Um, but the Lord worked it all through for me and, and I was in bad shape. Um, so Lord's good. We got to let go of our sins. And, um, I just want to talk a little bit about relationships now, um, today on my show. Um, for one thing in your relationships, if you're in rehab right now, um, get Jesus in your life. First of all, say that sinner's prayer, ask for forgiveness, start reading your Bible. Um, you know, like if I had a hard time reading after, you know, I was on you know, coming off meth and stuff, so, but listen to some preaching, um, just put God on your mind, put, put, you know, if, if it's hard for you to read a whole lot of the Bible, start with, um, the book of John, you know, um, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, get Jesus's voice in your head. Um, get that demon out of there and um, start reading that and um, then, then start exercising. I found that important, important as I went through my rehab is just trying to stay in shape. Now, I gained a lot of weight, you know, and that, that was a trigger that hurt me. Um, but I also, I put on a lot of muscle too. I'm in, I'm in decent shape. I'm kind of, I'm kind of a little bit over, like I got a beer gut and stuff, but you know, all in all, I'm not like totally bad shape for my age. I don't look too bad, um, you know. So, you know, just try to stay in shape, work. If it's having a hard time reading the Bible and praying, just try to try to watch some preaching, you know. Um, John MacArthur, uh, Billy Graham's an old favorite, man. Billy Graham, keep you on track. There's a good one right there. Um, you know, stuff like that. Um, that Dallas Social, that Madu, M-A-D-U, he's, he's a fine preacher uh, from what I heard so far. I, I haven't found anything I really didn't like about him. Um, he preaches the word like he should preach it. Um, preaches against sin. Um, so, so that's some things that keep you around the right track. And then once you get your foundation built, your concrete poured, that's what I did this time. I got out of rehab. I got my concrete put on Jesus. Got Jesus. Got going into a church. Okay. Um, reading the Bible, scripture. Um, and then I, I started working on relationships. And, and that's what you got to do. You know, if you're building your relationship off of somebody else going through rehab, um, you know, I seen that when I was in rehab, the person in rehab would be building their relations, you know, their, when their loved one in the rehab down the road, the female facility was, was failing them. They were wanting to get out. 
uh, or, or vice versa. You know, they were they were basing their rehab on somebody else's. Like, if they do it, I'm going to do it. You can't do that. You can't you can't you can't depend on nobody for your sobriety. You got to depend on Jesus Christ and yourself. And um, you're building your house on sand. If you if you base your cyberis sober, you know sobriety off of, of someone else, um, then you build your house on sand. And when the waves come and the wind blows, it'll wash that foundation away and the collapse. You will collapse with them. Um, your best bet is is to get your foundation poured, get Jesus there. Tell tell your other your better half that you got Jesus Christ, and and you're standing firm with Jesus and would would they like to join you? And if they do. Get the Bible out. Start reading the Bible. Start going to church with them. Um, if you're the man, take take, act like a man. Step up to the plate. Say we're going to church. We're going to read the Bible. Um, I don't know what people do in everybody else's house, you know, but in our house, we're going to serve the Lord, uh, you know. And if you're the woman, you can say the same thing. You can say, "Honey, we're we're going to church." I don't know what people do in their house or you know anything like that. We're going to serve the Lord in this house. Um, my relationship, I gotten so much better um and my life has gotten so much better and it's been a blessing um relationships have healed um i mean i don't everything's just better you know yeah i think about drugs sometimes and and how i felt on them and what i could get done and how they made me feel you know um unstoppable um but all it is is a lie and a fake it's the devil's counterfeit and in the end they destroy you um Everything the devil has, every sin the devil throws at you destroys you. There's there's not a there's not anything out there that doesn't destroy you. Um, you know, if you go out and fornicating and cheating on your wife, committing adultery, that ruins you. You know, sometimes I guess you know I've seen situations where somebody cheats on somebody and eventually they cheat and they get married to that person. But they're gonna have to answer. Some people slide by on sin in this world, but they're gonna have to answer to God for what they did. And they'll make up excuses like, well, they didn't love me, they didn't, they didn't um roll in the hay with me or. They didn't love me like they used to. You know, yeah, you're out cheating on them. I mean, yeah, they probably didn't love you, you know. Huh. Um, you know, they're going to try to, people are going to use them excuses in front of Jesus, and it's, it's going to be like, eh. You know, like I always said, you three strikes, Jeopardy. Eh, wrong answer. You know, it, it's not going to work out. Um, so, uh, but the devil, he's he's always throwing sin out there, and it always destroys you in the end. There, there's not one not anything he he has out there to offer that doesn't cause destruction and pain and suffering. Um, and it's funny out there, all your good habits that are good for you. And we talk about freedom so much. And um, the funny thing about freedom is, you know, I got a, I got a friend and he, um he gets free. He eats whatever he wants. He goes to McDonald's. He'll supersize it. He'll eat McDonald's three times a day. Um, he'll sit down if he wants and he'll eat um all the Twinkies in the break room. You know, he don't care. He's free. I mean, he's a freedom. Then I, you know, and then I got another friend, man. He's strict about his diet. I mean, he, he eats nuts, salad, and, um, I mean, he keeps to that diet. Water, you know, my other buddy drinks Budweiser and, and eats chicken wings. And, and then, you know, you ask yourself, which one's free? And, of course, the one friend that eats healthy, he, he can go out and run around, walk around and jog and, um, go hiking, go play ball with his kids. And my other friend, he, you know, the one that's free with his food, he's, He's uh he can't do nothing. He's um he runs out of breath. He's got heart problems. You know he's probably you know he's in, um he's probably gonna have a you know he's already got blood pressure on the point of having a heart attack or a stroke. You know so who's free? Person that follows that really strict diet. Um the same thing with sin. Who's free? I mean you're free to do your drugs. They're pretty soon they do you. 
And the thing that you are free to do, you are you no longer have the freedom to quit. Drugs enslave you. Um, you become a slave to them. And anybody that's a daddy, if that isn't the one thing that they, even an addict has to agree the drugs make a slave out of you, period. That's what it's all about. You know, it's slavery. Um, I was like that. When I was on my methamphetamines, I'd be so wired up and, and out of my mind. I couldn't go around people, man, because I was just geeked up. And uh, I was a slave to it. And, um, you know, I got another, I know another person that um, they go on vacation. They're they're real frugal. They stay at all the cheap hotels. They watch every penny. They'll sleep in the, they'll pull into a rest stop, sleep in their car. Then I got another friend, you know, they got a credit card. They'll go out there and just load it up. They'll put it all on a credit card, eat at the finest restaurants. And But when it's all said and done, the one friend doesn't have any debt. And another friend that, that was free to spend all that money and, and run up all that debt, now they're a slave and, and they're trying to pay all that money back at 23% annual interest. Um, they're working, you know, now they're working 80 hours a week to pay it back. Um, the one that spent the money foolishly. So who's got the freedom? Um, basically what it boils down to, the person that can show self-discipline, and I'm working on this myself, you know. I'm I'm bad on the food, y'all. Um, <laughs> and I don't eat that much. It's just like, I guess, you know, I just my only bad habit I really do right now is eat. You know, I like Twinkies and I don't know, Twinkie-itis, I guess what the preacher used to call it. But, you know, um, I can quit. I'm not quit everything else with the Lord's help, and the Lord's going to give me the strength to do this, you know. I've been praying about it and um, working hard on it and working hard on exercising, and, and well, that's my New Year's resolution, you know. But, um, you know, it, it, the food kind of is, is I'm addicted to it, so it's kind of it puts me in slavery because I don't, I, don't, I don't have the strength that I used to. I don't have the cardiovascular I used to. I'm destroying my health. Um, so I'm not perfect. I mean, that's one, one thing, you know, if I'm destroying my body because I'm, you know, I, and I'm not like obese by no means, you know, um, just a little chubby, I'd say is a good example. I mean, I'm still pretty strong for my age and everything and because um, I lift weights, but still, um, you know, I'm not what you call a picture of health by no means. And uh, that's the temple of the Lord, the, 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 your body. And um, Tim Tebow, he said, be the best person that you can be, you know, and so don't compare yourself to other people. Be the best person that I can be at 51 years old. You know, how good can I be? I mean, I can do better than what I'm doing. Um, you know, so, hey, we're all just working on what, what we're going to do. But sometimes what, what you think brings you freedom brings you slavery. And um, so God bless all y'all out there. And um, Lord's been good to me. This kind of episode, I've been kind of just relaxed and uh, talking from the heart. And just uh, y'all just stay clean. Uh, stay away from the dope. Don't let the devil tempt you and don't let him talk to you. Just tell him to shut up. Keep in your Bible. Keep keep reading your New Testament. You know, as a new Christian, just keep reading that. Keep hammering it back and forth. Paul, when you get into Paul, by the time you read through the Jesus' teachings, Paul's going to really, you know, pinpoint out some things. Like, it's kind of, Jesus told us how to live our life. And if we follow what Jesus did, but Paul gets into some detail. He he. He really dissects how you're supposed to live your life, where Jesus was just, hey, love everybody, be kind to everybody, and just kind of kept it simple, and where Paul really dives into it. But, yeah, just, just get in your Bible, and, and God bless y'all. And we're let y'all know how The Chosen is. We're, we're going to see the, the, the fourth season of Chosen, the first three episodes at the movie theaters tonight. So um, I'm really excited about that. Um, I'll give y'all a preview, um, let you know how it is. I'm sure it'll be good. Uh, it's a blessing. It's, it's an awesome show. And uh, I'll do a little review for it in my next ex episode. And remember, true freedom comes through Jesus Christ. Um, 
The devil brings only slavery. God bless and have a good day. Thank you for listening to Damascus Crossroads Podcast. If you like what you hear, follow us for more episodes. You can also visit our website by clicking the link in the description below. We'd like to thank Andrew Osinga for granting us permission to use his song The One True Thing on our podcast. If you haven't checked out his music, you're missing out on great praise and worship songs with uplifting messages. May God bless your day, your week, and keep you strong in your faith.